Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the All Around Growth Podcast. My name is Rob Kaiser, and I am your host. Today is October 17th, 2020, and we are going to talk about the weekly review, how I do it, how I started, and uh, why I do what I do. All right, so as many of you know, I use the Best Self Journal. And the nice thing about this journal, one of the nice things about this journal is there are, for the 13 weeks that each journal is made up of, there are two pages devoted to each of the 13 weeks that allow for planning and review of each week. Each week consists of three weekly objectives that you can identify there is a space for events and deadlines that help you list out dates of the events and activities. And there is some space for other tasks and errands that may come up during your day. There is also a space for um, input of numbers that you can use to win the day or your plan to reality score. And those are parts of each individual daily pages and then there's a space for a weekly reflection where you can write about lessons learned highs lows memorable moments things like that a spot to reflect on what your key relationships looked like that week prior and then a spot where you can write down how you will ensure the next week is as good or better than this week so I just did that. My weekly review generally takes place on Sunday mornings after church. And after experimenting with a few locales for my weekly review, I have decided or settled on Panera lately for sitting down, having a little breakfast sandwich, maybe a bagel, and getting some coffee. It's a convenient place. The coffee is halfway decent and I don't feel like I'm in a rush to get out of there. So before we actually hit the road, I one of the things that I wanted to do this week was to go back through and identify all of the unfinished or unaccomplished tasks and objectives from the first five weeks of autumn. Now, I also wanted to go through and begin utilizing the journal in a slightly different way. Because like I had said in the past, I have, for the past year and a half, I have outlined the uh, I have used the journals rather seasonally and that that seemed to work for me up until recently and recently they changed the format of these journals just a little bit and it was enough 
of a change that it made me question some of the routines that I had created and implemented to date, including what day of the week I actually start on. Previously, I had used Sundays as a day to close the week and Mondays to start the week. With the journal as it is now, Sundays are actually the start of my week, which basically means church on Sunday morning, the early service, is how I start most of my weeks, followed by a weekly review and then setting up a plan for the upcoming week. And at first, <laughs> at first I hated this journal. I did not like the change. I did not like feeling the need as though I had to adjust my routine and I kind of resented it. But I thought, well, I can either stop using the journal and use one of the myriad other options, including but not limited to just a blank journal, or I can embrace the change and see what I can do to uh, see what see how I can change and flow with the changes that were presented to me from the journal that I used and see if I could actually gain gain something from it. And accordingly, I have. So after a few weeks of thinking about what I could do and how I could change and how I could benefit from this, today was, well, no, I take that back. Well, today was the first day I did a weekly review in the new uh, journal and earlier this week, I stopped using the journal in the manner that I had by the season, and I decided that every 13 weeks I would use the journal in a true quarterly fashion. With So I recently opened up a spare journal that I had, and began the fourth quarter of the year, October through December. Now, one of the things that has been on my weekly objective list for a couple of weeks, yet I have failed to do it, is to go through the past few weeks of autumn each week and each day of the journals and look at the various unaccomplished tasks and objectives that I had and see what I could do to complete those, check them off the list. Now, what's important to realize is that as I did this exercise, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, I have 15 items, 15 little bullet points that I made, 15 individual tasks that I did not do, all right? And several of those, one, two, three, four, five, six of them have little tick marks next to them indicating to me that these were items that on more than one occasion I failed to execute on and did not do the thing that I anticipated to do, all right? So 
I wanted to share a couple of these unaccomplished tasks or objectives with you and let you know that you are likely not alone in putting too much on your plate. I do this and proceed to make myself feel anxious and oftentimes get in this habit or routine of putting things on my plate and making these ridiculously long lists so that I can spend time going through the lists and reorganizing things on the lists instead of actually executing on the items on the list. So instead of getting things done, I basically shuffle around the stacks and the piles and the lists of things that need to get done and, and then subsequently make myself feel more anxious for not getting all the things done that I wanted to get done because I was too busy adding to the list of things to get done. Oh my God, it sounds frustrating, tiring, emotionally draining. And you know what? It is. We don't need to do that. So as I approach the few stop signs on the way home from town, I will go through some of the items that I have postponed the most of and talk about, maybe try and flesh this out, why I've postponed doing some of these things. The one that had the most tick marks next to it was cleaning up Nosby. For those of you who don't know, Nosby is a task management uh, program. It runs on all platforms, iOS, Windows. I'm sure it runs on other operating systems, but those are the two biggest ones that I use. And <clears throat> what has happened is, since I've been using this for such a long time, I've been using this program for almost 10 years now. But one of the things that I have done with this particular task management program as I have been using it to house information. And that's unfortunate because one of the key points and one of the reasons why I like this particular task management program is its ability to integrate with and pull from Evernote, which is something that I've also used for even longer than I have Nosby. And I use Evernote as like a digital brain. It catalogs information, websites, documents very nicely, and it allows search functionality within all of them, all right, on and offline. So I began utilizing Evernote way back in the day as a task management system but decided that Nosby would be a better task management productivity program to use because of its ability to integrate well with Evernote. However, things started to get wonky when I began to use Nosby in the same manner as I did Evernote, and all of a sudden, a while back, this is probably going back a couple years now, I realized that the volume of projects 
within Nosby had grown to a point where it be started to become and had become unmanageable. Now, one of the items that I that came to my mind in the annual review that I do every year is to not use Nosby to house information and not take on additional projects in Nosby without completing at least one other one. I have not been as on point with this as I would have liked to have been this year and that is something I continually strive to improve upon. I did make progress in clearing out my personal email inbox this past week and I have made progress with clearing out a lot of these recurring tasks in Nosby and moving them over to Evernote so that I can keep track of them but not have them up on my radar all the time. Alright, now the second thing that I had in my unaccomplished task list was making my lunch. Yeah, that's right, making my lunch on a routine basis. I have found that when I do this in the evenings and make my lunch for the following day, my time in the mornings is far more productive because I don't have to worry about throwing my lunch together and doing it because I've already done it. And it seems like when I do it the night prior, the lunch that I make the following day turns out to be a little bit more well thought out and a little bit, generally speaking, healthier because I've put more time, effort, and energy into it instead of winging it together at the last minute. All right, one of the other items that was on my list that had several tick marks was fasting from substances that I am using to either cope or deal with life stresses and I'm getting distracted looking at the neighbor here who is cutting the grass and also other people who are pulling into the driveway. So it's about time to wrap this up for the morning. Good morning, Paul. Um, but uh, fasting from substances that I use that don't benefit me, all right? Now, earlier this year, I gave up smoking. Smoking tobacco, that is. Um, that was a difficult thing for me to do. I have been on and off smoking for most of my adult life. Up until a few years ago, I was I did not smoke for about mm, well, years, actually. But uh, excuse me, I spilled some coffee. Um, but one of the things that I noticed that I was doing this year, uh, with with and getting in a, a habit of doing so, was I was increasing the amount of alcohol and also the, the amount of cannabis that I was consuming, specifically with smoking. And I feel like too much smoking of cannabis for me 
uh, is something that is just not a good thing to do. I feel dulled. I feel uh, as though I'm not operating optimally. Now, I had, do have some valid reasons as to why I can and maybe even should consume it on account of having a chronic neurological condition. But the fact of the matter is the manner in which I was consuming it more often than not was specifically of a recreational nature and not of a medicinal nature. And I feel like if I were to transition and change some of my habits with regard to what and how I consumed and the frequency that I did, I would have the medical benefit that I could have except the way in which I'm using it I don't. The same thing with alcohol. Now alcohol just straight up is a poison and uh, the manner in which I've been drinking hasn't been that bad but if I do wish to have a drink every now and then I could drink something of a different nature because what I'm drinking is primarily beer. I'm also trying to improve my health and well-being. And during the summertime, you know, it was hot. It was a good opportunity or I had a lot of good excuses for drinking. And uh, I, I took advantage of the excuses. I think when we engage in bad habits, we are better able to justify them. And... Um, it's, it's easy for us to look at the reasons why we can and should continue doing some of the bad habits that we know aren't really benefiting us. So as far as some other unaccomplished tasks and objectives, um, one of the things I also, well, I've been pretty consistent with it, but the next item on the list for this priority time, this priority work time in the mornings is going to be spending some additional time on finance, personal finance, so that I can get back on track and make or continue the progress that I had made up until June. And over the last month or so, I've lost track of that progress. And lost track of my budget and I need to get back on track with all of that. Um, instead of going through the last couple of lists here, the one thing I do want to focus on and talk about is the improvement, making a conscious effort to improve my attitude. This will be the last thing I... But the one thing that I can change the one thing that I can improve upon is my outlook, my attitude, my perspective. And if I go in to my day job trying to give 110% and execute on the things that I can control, then my attitude will improve dramatically because the reality is there's a lot of things that I can't control, but there's a lot of things that I can control, and that's my attitude certain tasks that don't involve anybody else and I can give my all 
all the time if I choose to, if I want to, and I feel like making a concerted effort to do that is going to have a tremendous impact on my overall outlook and that's that's important to me so while i am busy working for someone else who is allowing me to most effectively finance my future in a stable way i want to make sure that what i'm doing and for them benefits them as much as it does me because if I were in the situation where I was employing someone, what I would want to do is to create an environment that I guess allowed them to pursue whatever it was that they wanted to do, but also ensure that they were able to do so and, 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 and Lost my train of thought. Ah, because there's people all around. And just like the day job, I get a little bit self-conscious about that, which I'm recording and when. So the bottom line is I used to have this attitude that if nobody was going to recognize when I was giving 110%, nobody would recognize when I gave 80%. And I think there are times when that's true. But really, if I'm not giving 110% most of the time, I'm still aware of the fact that I'm not giving 110%. And generally speaking, I'm not satisfied with anything less than that. So even if that 110% is for me, I know that when I'm so anxious to get out of there at the end of the day that I've given my all and that I can justify leaving on time because I've given my all during the day and when I'm not at work it's time to focus on me so by giving 110% and changing my attitude at the day job I can more effectively give 110% in my own life. And that is the life that I am most focused on trying to improve, is my own life. So here's to making continued healthy, positive, and beneficial change. Hopefully some insight into my weekly routine was helpful. And I hope that you to uh, find some value in a weekly review, weekly planning, daily journaling, and all of that. So if there are some things that you'd like to talk about with regard to journaling or a weekly review, by all means, share so, let me know, drop me a message, either in the Facebook group, the Telegram chat, or directly through the podcast. And if you like the work that we're doing here with the podcast, then by all means, feel free to support the show. You can see the link in the show notes on the Patreon page, which is in its infancy. 
I am learning how to navigate all of this, but the reality is that the podcast costs money with the hosting. And if you feel so inclined, I would graciously accept your support. And hopefully as time goes on and I recover the lost or formerly lost blog, I will have some content that I can create and provide to subscribers who wish to do so, so that it's not simply a donation to keep the show going, but there's actually some value being provided for your financial support. All right. But until then, um, we'll keep you posted on how that goes with the potential to support the show. And uh, I guess we'll catch you on the next podcast. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening. And I look forward to talking with you again soon. Have a great day. And uh, remember to make someone else's day great as well. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.